Welcome to episode 110 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey shares a story about the world's oldest African penguin. And I talk about another dog breed, the Afghan Hound. We learn about two new beautiful slash adorable picks this week. And about our awesome animal of the week. So let's get to it. Episode 110 of the Animal Addicts Podcast starts right now. And welcome to episode 110 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of super cool animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? I went to the Hoya Shores with my sisters. How was that? Well, sister. It was good. So technically how it started off was I was like, hey, you want to go to this one bookstore? I cannot remember where it is. I don't know the town, city. (laughs) But hopefully it's near La Jolla. Relatively. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so we went there. I got, like, one book. I was upset because I have not had a huge haul from that bookstore in a while. Is it a used bookstore? Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I get, like, a book for, like, two bucks. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, we should go to 85 Degrees. Also, There's... sorry, what book did you get? It was... Oh, my gosh. What was the title? It was a biology book about... Oh, <laughs> Okay. Evolution of single-celled organisms into um, wow <laughs> the um, from prokaryotes to eukaryotes basically. All right, you lost me already. I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is no longer fun. Anyway, continue on. Okay. Okay. And then you went to this place. Well, sorry, what's this place called? It's 85 degrees coffee. Is this this Amen. coffee place that you always like yes. go there as an excuse? Yes. To, okay, geez. All so right. So went, we went there. I got my coffee. I was very happy. Mm-hmm. And I got pastries because I'm a, I'm a lard ass. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, tr- I We got, I remember I, made, I got my sister to try something different because we always like, I want to try something new, but I like the stuff I like. I like. So I got what I like. Yeah. And but you then got I one try new thing. Yes. Yeah. And I like the new thing. Oh, good. But now not you're more than yes. But not more than what oh, I already. Okay. All like. right. So you're gonna stick to it. Yeah. So then we went to La Jolla. I was just like, and we're down here. We have nothing else to do for a day. We'll go to La Jolla because that's usually what we do after getting eighty five. <laughs> okay. Um. And there were some, there were seal pups. They were very cute. And it was funny because there was this one, um, the seal pup wanted to go back into the water, but the mom didn't want him to. So she kept on grabbing him and pushing him up to the shore. Oh, he's like, mommy, let me be free. Yep. And then we saw a couple nursing and then we went over to the sea lions. And of course they're very stinky. Of course. And, and loud. <laughs> yep. Always loud. Mm-hmm. Were there any? Well, it's not really nesting time. Oh, there are seal pups. Do they have them all year round? I don't remember. No, they have seasons. I don't remember the season. They must have multiple seasons then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I know we went in June in there. I'm pretty sure there were babies then. Mm-hmm. And then there were a bunch of seabird babies too. Oh yeah, yeah. I did not see baby seabirds. No seabirds. Nope. I saw seabirds, just not baby seabirds. Okay. Well, yeah, you're gonna see them. Yeah. <sighs> but they still have their nice old children's pool area all cordoned off for them. Yep. Do they have a nice barrier for people to not be stupid and go up to them? I'm assuming at the bottom of the staircase. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, but the, like, jetty where you walk along to see them from above? Yeah. The railing's broken. Oh, no, so you can't even go out there now? (laughs) No. That's a bummer. That used to be fun, too, because not that the waves would usually get that big, but sometimes you get up there and get, like, hit with waves. Good times. I remember doing that as a kid. I remember that's where I decided to go after I had my, uh, I was released from the hospital after my appendix burst. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I want to touch the water. Yes. (laughs) And it's like funny because like I still had the tube in, the drain in my stomach. So it's like, um, you can see a picture of me and then you don't know. It's like, yeah, there's a hole in my stomach in the tube that's leading to this thing in my pocket. (laughs) You're like, I'm sneaky. You don't know about these things. Anyway, I need to go again. Also, totally, I don't know why that made me think of it, but it's uh, half off all the thingies in, in February. What that was thingies? helpful to know. All the museums and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember now. I'm yeah. like, oh, I was looking at it because one of them that we follow, that's why I thought of it for, not now, but I, why I remembered it happening is because Living Coast, one of the ones that we follow, mm-hmm. 
they had put up a thing that it's half off, but theirs is not expensive to begin with. So I'm yeah. like, I feel like I'm gonna try. I've been wanting to go there for years. I've summer. never. I'm like, I want to go too, but theirs isn't too bad. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I kind of want to like try like the Midway or something because I'm a horrible San Diegan who's never been to the Midway. Really? <laughs> yes. That's where my prom was. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Ours was SeaWorld. It was fun back then. Now it's kind of sad. Also, because when I walked by it, I'm like, that's where it was. <laughs> it's not very nice. <laughs> anyway, um. But yeah, I kind of, I kind of want to go somewhere like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you're in San Diego, I don't think you have to be a resident. I don't remember. I'd have to check the rules. I don't think you have to be a San Diego resident. But all the, not all, but most of the museums and places like that um, in San Diego for February half off. Hmm. Also, the wild animal park and zoo are free to people over 65 this month. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Can we not anyone? do that? It's already crowded. <laughs> Yeah, but they're, the elderly people aren't. I mean, sixty-five-year-olds aren't that slow, but like you know, but they're they're gonna be a little. Are they? They're gonna be a little bit. They're not gonna be as rambunctious as children. It's not the fucking free children days. Yeah. That one's worse. So all right, so you did La Jolla with your sister, and yep. that was fun. Yes, and she did not get her pastry eaten by a seagull. That's good. She's got to learn. You got to learn to protect that, and you can't fall for their tricks because they hunt in packs. <laughs> If you did not know that already, folks, seagulls hunt in packs, you got to be aware of that. Okay? They will work and they will, like wolves, they'll have one to distract and get you from the front so you go backward and then another one gets you. Except for they're going to get your food, not you. Anyway, all right. Well, that's exciting. Well, was it last time or the time before? I don't remember. But Casey had shared a video um, of a moose dropping its antlers that we had like never seen before and no one can ever capture that and now within a month there is a second video of a moose dropping its antlers and this one is actually better because the other one is in a ring camera so it's kind of like a little sketch and this one i don't remember if this one is alaska or canada i want to say this one might be canada anyway so i obviously will be linking the video but um in case Casey has not seen it, there's not really noise with this. So anyway, so he's yeah, it's, it's a drone seen. one. It's a drone one, and he's shaking it, and he's shaking it, and there they go. <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs away. They always run away. <laughs> I wonder if they get surprised. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I feel like I'd be surprised. They're probably not very smart. That's very rude. I'm anyway. sorry, but prey species tend not to be smart. But still, anyway, so it's a really good view though, much better than the ring camera one. So, um, uh, yeah, so I'll link that. So you should check that out of a moose dropping its antlers. It's really cool. And he shakes it. And I think the guy went and picked them up after. He used a drone to get that footage. So, anyway, there you go. And, uh, hey, Casey. Yes. What is the world's largest deer's favorite facial hair? A moustache? Yes. My yay. God. It was an easy one. You got it. Good job. <laughs> Anyway, all right. But the more important news, folks, <laughs> it drives me kind of bonkers. So what was that? November, I think I did the the leopardy with it was November or December. I don't remember which one. The leopardy. And I said age is just a number. And it was like, oh, Gino Wolf is this. The world's oldest this. And it was a dog. And then last I was it last episode again. Last episode of the one before. I don't remember. Anyway, just kidding. Now there's a new world's oldest dog, which is Spike. And now this week, just kidding again. Now there's another world's oldest dog. So I don't know if next week we're going to have even, even another one, but this is getting out of hand. So now there is a new world's oldest dog, and this one is uh, Bobby. Also says that it is a Chihuahua mix. Whatever the heck. No, this dog is better because it's bigger. It's probably mixed with lab or something. Anyway, I, where is the Chihuahua in this dog? I'm sorry. The head kind of? Maybe, but not really. Anyway, so it was two weeks ago. This is the article from CNN. Obviously, I'll share. It was only two weeks ago that Spike, a 23-year-old Chihuahua mix from Ohio, was named the oldest living dog. Now he has been utterly dethroned. <laughs> Bobby, at the age of 30 years and 268 days, has been crowned the world's oldest living dog and the oldest dog to ever live by Guinness World Records. So he has now out, he has usurped Bluey, not Bluey, that is a cartoon. (laughs) What was this dog's name? I just blanked on it. Uh, Oh, it was Bluey. Oh my gosh, that's really funny because that's an Australian cartoon. Anyway, Bluey was the previous one who was an Australian cattle dog. So now not only... (laughs) have <laughs> the last two oldest dogs been usurped this one is just shot to the top of the list entirely of all time so bobby is now the world's oldest dog ever Period. okay 
ever to this point. <laughs> we'll see if it changes next week. So anyway, um, oh, I lied. He doesn't have Chihuahua in him. Okay. He's a Portuguese purebred, purebred Rafiero do Alentejo. What? Never heard of that. Obviously, that's not AKC recognized. Anyway, it's a breed of livestock guardian dog, and he's lived for double his life expectancy of 12 to 14 years, mm. according to a statement from Guinness World Records. Anyway, um, he has spent his whole life with the Costa family in the village of Conqueros in Lieria, sure, western Portugal, um, and has broken an almost century-old record held by Australian cattle dog Bluey, who lived for 29 years and five months between 1910 and 1939. Anyway, uh, while another Australian dog, Chilea, Chilea, no, Chilla. There's no I after that. Chilla <laughs> was believed to have lived to the age of not thirty. Chile? Nope, not Chile. Chilla uh, was believed to live to the age of thirty-two years and three days upon her death on March eighth, nineteen eighty-three. This was not officially verified. Bobby's age has been confirmed by the veterinary medical services of the municipality of Lieria, maybe, and SIAC a pet database authorized by the Portuguese government. Anyway, it goes on. You can read more about it, and they'll talk about just all the things <laughs> about Bobby more. But anyway, so he's um, he he's a very elderly dog now. Anyway, but he didn't make it, apparently. He almost didn't make it beyond infancy when he has, his three brothers were born in the family's woodshed. Costa's father decided they already had too many animals at home. Costa and his brother thought their parents had taken all the puppies away to be destroyed. However, a few... Sad days later, they found Bobby alive, safely hidden in a pile of logs. That's horrible. Mm. Anyway, Costa and his brother kept the pup's existence a secret until his eyes were open. We knew when the dog opened his eyes, my parents would no longer bury it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Costa said, adding that it was worth it. I did not read this whole article, honestly. <laughs> and I am now shocked at this horribleness. Just fucking neuter your animals. This isn't like in the 1900s, y'all. Get it together. Mm. Anyway, so he grew up with other stuff. Wait, how old was he? He was a puppy. I know, but no, he's he's currently alive and he's thirty. So yeah, so he was in the nineteen hundreds. <laughs> oh, I'm, did I say nineteen? I'm at eighteen hundred. I'm saying like nineteen ten. This is the problem with millennials. We're like, oh, it's the yeah. whole like thirty years ago was a seventies situation. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's a horrible. I wish I hadn't read that part. That was awful. Anyway, <laughs> so um, anyway, there you go. He's alive and not thanks to the freaking kid's dad that sucks anyway um okay anyway so there is your new world's oldest dog and just to just to reiterate i guess now the rankings number one is bobby and he is in portugal number two is bluey and he was back in he was born in 1910 and he was in australia number three is taffy and he was uh born in 75 1975, I guess I should say. And he was a Welsh Collie in the United Kingdom. Four is, what is that name? Adjutant. I'm going with that. He was born in 1936. He was a Labrador Retriever in the United Kingdom. We still have not gotten to any of these American ones. <laughs> Busky, I'm guessing. Busky. No, I'm sorry. It's K first. Buck, Buxy? Buxy. Something like that. He was born in uh, 1990. And he was a mutt. <laughs> He was in Hungary. Bramble was born in 1978. He was a border collie in the United Kingdom. United Kingdom's doing pretty well. All right, here we go. Spike. <laughs> That's where we've gotten. He's now seventh, and he is still living. All these other ones have died, except for Bobby, of course. Um, and he was born in 1999. He's going to party like it's 1999. Anyway, did that song come out before 99? I don't remember. Probably. I feel like I probably. Anyway, he's a Chihuahua mix from the United States. And then we have Pebbles, who was born in 2000. And he's a Toy Fox Terrier from the United States. Then we have Gino, who was the previously world's oldest dog in November or whatever. Um, Gino, his whole name is Gino Hammerstrike Gilgamesh Wolf. (laughs) But he was called Gino Wolf when I did it. He was born in 2000. He is still living. Um, And then uh, he is a Chihuahua mix. A Chihuahua American Eskimo in the uh, United States. And then number 10, rounding it out, Toby Keith was born in 2001. He's still living. He's a Chihuahua from the United States. Those are your world's oldest dogs. I don't know. I told you the devil <laughs> lives. The devil's strong. Well, you've got like herding dogs and, well, a retriever isn't a herding dog. 
And it's kind of just a mix. It's a lot of herding dogs and chihuahuas. That's the most of the ones that are surviving. I don't know how a lab made it that old. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Anyway. I saw a recent TikTok video. This is kind of unrelated, but... um. And it was like, it was funny because they were reacting to like this one girl who when she found out what a pug's skull looks like. Yeah. And then she like, this person that was making the video, I'll show a bunch of other skulls like bull terriers, how weirdly smooth cone shaped their skulls are. <laughs> and like chihuahuas and like how they're all freakish monster skulls. <laughs> That's kind of mean, but well, it's I still am blown away that chihuahuas are pretty awful. Let's be real. But I think two of my favorite animals where we used to work were Chihuahua mixes. They were the sweetest little babies. And they were obviously mixes. They were not pure Chihuahua. But I was like, I don't know how you two have escaped the Chihuahua curse and to be like my favorites that I kind of want to steal. Anyway, there you go. Also, I'm feeling old at reading these dogs' ages. I had a patient the other day who is 18 and was born in the year I graduated high school. Uh, I was like, this is oh not right. Goodness. This is not right. <laughs> you were able to be here on your own without an adult. And you were born in the year that I graduated high school. Unacceptable. You won't have any 18-year-olds yet. No, just I'm just trying 18. to think of she how old they are. 18. I'm just trying to think how old they are. Uh, Not close to 18 because you're, you're younger 11. than me. <laughs> That's a big difference. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, Only let's, seven years short. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big difference. Not really. <laughs> Seven years is a pretty big difference. Not to me. Okay, great. Just like. <laughs> Time is a weird soup. Yes, that's why you have people that are 10, 8 years apart and they're dating. Yeah, that's or fine. Or 30 that's, No, I still disagree. Like, freaking now Leonardo DiCaprio is dating a 19-year-old. I'm like, that is creepy as fuck. I'm sorry. If you are over the age of 30, you are not allowed to date anyone under the age of 21. And now, that's like if you're 30. Like, if you're, like, 35, you got to get 25. There's mm-hmm. uh, Just 25, then you're good. After 25, knock yourself out. But, like, mm. no, I'm sorry. It's gross. Anyway. All right. So, let's move on to what we wanted to talk to about. Yes. What we wanted to talk about today. Yes. So, we're still talking about the elderly. Okay, great. This time in bird form. Okay. Um, recently, there was a birthday for the world's oldest African penguin. Yay! Named E.T. Little fun fact. I work with a lizard named E.T. That's fun. Is... Oh, excuse me. Is he the oldest captive penguin at all, or just African penguin? I don't know. Okay. It didn't specify. Well, now I'm going to have to try to go look up. I'd be, sur- I'd be surprised if there's other species of penguins older than this. Okay. So, E.T. turned 43 on January 28th. Okay. Put that in perspective. The average lifespan of a penguin is about 15 to 20 years. But they can live much longer in zoos. Okay. So, um, E.T. actually arrived at Metro Richmond Zoo back in 1995. And uh, she has actually outlived two of her mates. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so now she has another mate now named um, Einstein. And the two of them live in their own little private area Aww. off public. <laughs> but... Because she is so old, she has some age-related issues like arthritis, and she has vision problems, so she receives medications for that, but still is eating well and loves to swim. Aww. Yeah. We have a very old penguin. How exciting. Yes. Is this United States Richmond? Yes. Okay. It's in Virginia. Okay, okay. I was like, because there's also Richmond in England, I believe. Well, because a lot of our things are named after England or like the Netherlands or wherever. (laughs) Anyway, um, especially the original colonies are all named after that stuff. Anyway. All right. Well, that's exciting. Yay Mm -hmm. for elderly animals. Um, In sort of a segue, this is an old breed. (laughs) So it is time for another doggy. And we have chosen this time for um, our Asian dog fun fact i almost put this as our dog last month until casey was like not last month but last you know what i mean in africa and he's like that's not african yeah. and i'm like you are correct i am a crazy person mm-hmm. anyway so this month's doggy is the afghan hound i had to choose them because they're amazing hair i'm not gonna lie that's why i did it anyway so uh casey first of all there's not even a picture of their luscious locks no you'll see it in a second okay. all right they're described as independent and sweet they only get two Modifiers, apparently. Descriptors. I don't know why. They're not special, like whoever our other dog was. It only had two. What group do you think they're in, Casey? 
Hey, pretty, hound. <laughs> there you go. That one's pretty easy. And uh, where do you think they rank on popularity out of 284? 112. Oh, my God. You were so close. How close was it? 114. Damn it. Wow. That was so impressive. <sighs> anyway, they do have pictures, though, I swear, that are... There you go. Oh. There's a beautiful Luscious Locks one. Anyway, all right. So, getting to the history of these guys. All right. This is a very old breed. End of sentence. <laughs> That's the entire oh. first sentence in what? this description. That is... It's amazing. Hardly a proper sentence. Barely is, it, it has all of the all of the needed qualifications. <laughs> anyway, all right. In fact, some authorities maintain that the Afghan hound is the oldest breed of purebred dogs. An ancient myth says that a brace of Afghan hounds represented the canine species on Noah's Ark. Because the breed predates written history by a few thousand years, and because it was developed in some of the world's most remote locales, its exact time and place of origin within the vast area that is now Afghanistan, India, and Pakistan will never be known. What we do know is that for centuries, Afghans were rugged, fleet-footed hunting companions and status symbols of royals, tribal chieftains, and aristocrats in, the, in Asia's mountain kingdoms. Afghan hounds belong to the subcategory of hound breeds known as the sight hounds, dogs who rely on their panoramic vision and explosive speed to spot and pursue their prey. A fixture of Eastern culture since the dawn of civilization, the Afghan hound didn't make its entrance on the stage of Western history until the late 1800s. It was then the English officers returning from the British Empire's furthest corners introduced the breed to Europe. By the early 1900s, the Afghan was a preferred breed of the British gentry. The AKC registered its first of the breed in 1927, but not until the early 30s did the breed really catch on with U.S. breeders and owners. Among the most important dogs of those early years in America were the breeding pair imported from England, Zeppo Marks, <laughs> the youngest. What? There you go. The youngest of the Wacky Marks brothers. Since then... The Afghan's fame in America has been built on his sterling qualities as a pet and his show-stopping presence in the ring. The giant sculpture by Pablo Picasso in Chicago's Daily Plaza depicts, depicts excuse me, Kabul, the artist's much-loved Afghan hound. Anyway, so getting to their, their stats here. Their height, they are 25 to 27 inches at the shoulder. They weigh 50 to 60 pounds, and their life expectancy is 12 to 18 years. That is a range. All right, let's see. So, then they say, Among the most eye-catching of all dog breeds, the Afghan hound is an aloof and dignified aristocrat. Aristocrat? Nope. Oh, my Aristocrat of sublime beauty. Despite his regal appearance, the Afghan can exhibit an endearing streak of silliness and profound loyalty. I love these descriptions. Since ancient times, Afghan hounds have been famous for their elegant beauty, but the thick, silky, flowing coat that is the breed's crowning glory isn't just for show. It served as protection from the harsh climate in the mountainous regions where Afghans originally earned their keep. Beneath the Afghans' glamorous exterior is a powerful, agile hand, standing as high as 27 inches at the shoulder. What was that? I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> standing as high as 27 inches at the shoulder, built for a long day's hunt, their huge paw pads acted as shock absorbers on their homeland's punishing terrain. The Afghan hound is a special breed for special people. <laughs> can't anyway a breed expert writes it's not the breed for all would-be dog owners but where the dog and owner combination is right no animal can equal the afghan hound as a pet oh my gosh these people all right anyway so uh if if you've not seen an afghan hound the thing that makes them so interesting a lot of times i think there was like an herbal essence commercial or something back in the day and it just looks like someone's beautiful hair and then they cut back and it's an afghan hound and they have this gorgeous silky looks like human hair kind of situation anyway i don't get how it's a hunting dog with that hair i feel like they probably didn't have it that long yeah i feel like they probably trim it and i'm sure they're not sitting there brush because you obviously have to brush that to make that be that glorious anyway it's not aerodynamic no but it's supposed to like they said it it protects them from the elements it's warmth Mm mm-hmm 
and it just kind of flies. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're like a prey and this thing is just like this flowing locks of hair is chasing well, after like, you? Like, haven't you seen like those videos of slow mo of Saint Bernards and mastiffs and this like their the first... lips are going crazy? Yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. So health wise, sighthounds such as Afghans have naturally low stores of body fat, so they tend to be sensitive to anesthesia. Breed experts recommend seeking out a sighthound-savvy veterinarian for surgical procedures. Like other deep-chested types of dogs, Afghan hounds can experience bloat, a sudden and life-threatening swelling of the abdomen, and owners should educate themselves about its symptoms and what to do should bloat occur. Recommended health tests for them are the hip evaluation, the optimal—I cannot say this today—ophthalmologist evaluation and thyroid evaluation. As far as grooming. Um, the puppies have short fuzzy coats, including adorable facial hair facial hair called monkey whiskers. Oh, jeez. What? <laughs> okay. They require little maintenance. They don't stay that way for long, however. As is to be expected, the long silky coat of an adolescent or adult Afghan requires regular grooming. Several hours per week of brushing are needed to keep the hair free of tangles and mats, as well as to remove any debris. Keeping the hair clean and mat-free is key to keeping the Afghan's glorious coat looking its best. Regular bathing with shampoo and conditioner is also required. Like all breeds, Afghans should have their nails trimmed and their teeth brushed regularly and ears. Nails, teeth, ears. That's just all dogs do that regularly. Anyway, exercise-wise, they are bred to hunt and chase prey, so they will have a strong instinct to run off in pursuit of perceived prey. Walking off-leash is not advisable. Short walks do not provide enough exercise for this athletic breed, and some owners take their leashed Afghans on long runs once they reach maturity. Ideally, an Afghan should have the opportunity to run full out several times a week in a large, enclosed area. Afghans are tall, lean, and strong, which makes them excellent jumpers, so their exercise areas must have a high secure fence. Mm. Training, uh, let's see if they're saying that they're difficult. Uh, Okay, on the other hand, it can make them Okay, they're easy to house train, they say, but they tend to be loyal to one person, mostly. Um... They just say, they don't say that they're super difficult. There you go. I feel like if you're a hound and your job was basically to herd and stuff, yeah, you can't be a difficult dog. I mean, I feel like there are ones that are though, probably. But anyway, they don't sit there typically. They're, they're you know difficult to train. So there you go. So there you are. That is pretty much the Afghan hound. They are beautiful. I love them. They're so pretty with their gorgeous flowing locks. I could not imagine having to maintain that no i remember having a sheltie shepherd mix and having to brush them no there's just no way look at this face look at these face floofs how cute anyway uh, it's cute but also weird looking (laughs) like if you go back and look at like the sides like their eyes and cute with the little hair but then yeah. on the sides it's like it's like these... it's like little tiger chief poofs yeah but it's not as cute no i mean tigers are cuter but you know what are you gonna do anyway so they're really cool i just could not imagine having to maintain that coat that would be mm. awful anyway so that's gonna bring us to our picks for this week and it was my turn to choose and you'll never guess it was my turn to choose because i chose i'm pretty sure i'm the one who chose this in africa when we did it too Probably. My favorite cat from Asia was the category. And Casey, who did you choose? And also, I'm happy you chose this one. I went with the clouded leopard. Heck, yeah. Tell us about them. So their scientific name is Neophilus nebulosa. Awesome. They are native to Southeast Asia in countries like Nepal, Bangladesh, Sumatra, and Borneo. They prefer living in lowland tropical rainforests, but have also been found in drier woodlands. In the wild, they average around 12 to 15 years and in captivity... They can live up to 17 years. They are a relatively large cat. They measure in at 68 to 108 centimeters long. 100 and how long? Eight. I love that. I know I know what a clouded leopard looks like. I don't know why I'm doing this, but that's about right. With the tail or without the tail? Without the tail. The tail is about 61 to 85 centimeters. Okay, I have not seen a clouded leopard that big ever. <laughs> that's big. And they are uh, sexually dimorphic, and they are actually the most sexually dimorphic of any cat species in terms of size. Uh, females only weigh about 10 to 14 kilograms. Males can weigh 20 to 25 kilograms. Wow. Just like all cats, the cloud leopard is an obligate carnivore, and they exclusively eat meat. So their prey includes things like gibbons, macaques, deer, and wild pigs. Scientists used to think that these cats were 
arboreal hunters in trees while some hunting occurs in the trees most actually occurs while they are on the ground this comes as quite the surprise given the fact they are one of only two cat species that can rotate their back feet 180 degrees which allows them to run down the tree head first just like kawadis yep and a lot of other animals <laughs> okay well not a lot but other animals a lot several that i have talked about yeah we've talked and about also work with okay anyway <laughs> i don't remember who the other cat is who can do it jaguarundi right i was like i know it's someone we talked about mm-hmm. okay there we go yeah yeah uh, despite their smaller size, they can manage to take down larger prey due to their powerful leg muscles as well as their powerful bite. These cats have a very large gape and can open their mouth about 100 degrees. Oh, 100. I was going to go for centimeters. That's I was not like, help you. nope. And they have massive canines up to 5 inches long. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. A cloud of leopards? Yeah. <gasps> Which is the same size as those in a tiger. I would say, that's like a full-on tiger canine. <laughs> While they are only about a tenth their size. These cats actually have the largest tooth relative to body size of any modern cat. That is horrifying, Casey. <laughs> that's this. That is this. Biting into you. That goes through your arm. Yep. Oh, my God, no. Our modern saber-toothed cat. <laughs> I guess so. Who knew they'd be so cute? Mm-hmm. Cloud leopards were once classified under the genus Felis, um, which is the genus that includes most small cats. Um, but genetic studies have shown that its closest relative are actually snow leopards huh. and is now grouped in the subfamily Pantherinae, with, making it more closely related to the big cats. But they don't consider Pantherinae to be the big cats. They still go off the stupid if yeah. they can purr. Mm-hmm. You can purr or you can roar. I can't. I can't do it. It's so dumb. Which, like, a cloud of leopards in between anyway, but... Yeah. Uh, they are among the most ancient cat species, and genetic studies have shown that the cloud of leopards branched off from the Pantheronae subfamily over six million years ago. Another unique characteristic about cloud of leopards is their eyes. The, they're neither completely round like the pupils of big cats, but don't shrink to vertical slits like you'll see in small cats. And they are more of an oblong shape. The clouded leopards are among the most arboreal of the cats, along with their rotating ankles. They have specialized foot pads to help grip onto tree branches. And they have incredibly long tails, which is actually the longest relative to body size, making up nearly half of their total length. So they have the largest teeth and the largest tail. Yeah. They're getting a little scarier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but those help it get have great balance and agility while moving up in the trees. Unfo- and unfortunately, the cloud leopard is listed as vulnerable by the IUCN Red List, and their populations are declining. The main threat for this species is habitat loss due to agriculture. Um, they are also under threat from illegal hunting for their beautiful coats. Um, as well as for their bones and teeth, which some believe have healing powers. Oh, God. Also, back in 2006, the cloud leopards of Borneo and Sumatra were reclassified as a separate species, the Sunda clouded leopard, and this species is still largely unknown and poorly studied. Okay. They are gorgeous. They're yes, probably they one are. of the prettiest cats out there, I think. Yep. So gorgeous. Um, I'm a little horrified by the teeth situation, <laughs> and I really want to see one rotate its ankles real bad. Real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't know why it made me think of it, but doing the whole metric situation. I don't know. Have I talked about this? I don't know. But there is this Australian comedian, and metric is better, right? Metric is, makes more sense than, like, random measurements that we have imperial, right? But anyway, um, but the one thing that makes more sense is Fahrenheit versus Celsius because he's like – Celsius is crazy because it could be this range. But Fahrenheit, if it's 50 degrees, it's 50% hot. If it's 70 degrees, <laughs> it's 70% hot. If it's 100 degrees, it's 100. That's too hot. <laughs> and he's like, it's 70. It's great. And he's like, I know how hot it is. <laughs> anyway, it just cracked me up. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, this is true because Celsius is like, Celsius can be, he's like 14 Fahrenheit and like, or 22 Fahrenheit or whatever. He's yeah. like, so I don't know what that is. It's funny because like, um, it's like, oh, yeah, it's 30 degrees Celsius then. You just go up, like, a couple degrees. It's like, it's, I'm dying. It's too hot. <laughs> I and I remember um, this meme. It's, like, Celsius, um, Fahrenheit, and Kelvin. 
and it was funny because with um, once you get over to Kelvin, it's because it was comparison of like what zero degrees means in this compared yeah. to this, this, and then a hundred degrees in this, this, and this. Right, right. And it's funny it's because it because um, zero uh, for Celsius like freezing, then a hundred you're dead, <laughs> and then it's Kelvin and it's like zero you're dead, a hundred still dead. <laughs> Either way. Fahrenheit is the nicest one. So anyway, it just it cracked me up, and I was like, "It's eighty percent hot." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, "That was really smart, actually." Anyway, so moving on, I don't sure that then, but I chose the rusty spotted cat, and they are so cute. Okay, their scientific name is Prion alurus. I'm going with that. Sure. Rubing, nope, rubiginosis. Rubiginosis. I like that part. The rusty spotted cat is only found in the countries of Nepal, India, and Sri Lanka. They live in moist, deciduous forests, but have also been found in dry forest, bamboo, and scrubland. Lifespan in the wild is largely unknown, but in captivity, they have been known to live up to 16 years. The rusty spotted cat holds the distinction of being the smallest cat species in the world. So we have the deadliest cat is our black-footed cat. Uh. And you got your rusty spotted cat, which is honestly not that much smaller than a black-footed cat, but still is the smallest cat in the world. So their body length is 35 to 48 centimeters. I will look at that for you. So 48 centimeters, y'all, is 19 inches about. So that's real small, under two feet. And their tail is 15 to 30 centimeters. So, you know, a little bit shorter than that. So about, about, uh... About uh, 12 inches for the tail. Um, And then um, they only weigh 1 to 1.6 kilograms. Like other cat species, they are predators. They mainly hunt birds and small mammals, such as rodents. Despite their small stature, they can be very vicious. Shocking. (laughs) Very vicious hunters and are known not only to hunt rabbits, but will take on farmers' domestic chickens as prey. Oh, snap. These cats are poorly studied as poorly studied as much is not known about them. It is suspected that they may behave much like other cat species, but in captivity some zoos have allowed the male to stay with the female after mating and birth of the kittens, and some have even recorded the male trying to protect the kittens all from zookeepers, which may suggest some degree of monogamous mating systems, but it is still requires much more research. All right. When the kittens are born, they don't have the rusty spotting, which gives this species its name, and they develop these as they mature. Studies have shown that these cats are very good climbers, so it is possible they may do some of their hunting up in the trees as well as on the ground. The rusty spotted cat is currently listed as near-threatened by the IUCN Red List, and their population is currently in decline. This species was once considered a very rare species, but now that it is is debated, and some suspect that due to their small size and reliance on rodents, they can survive even in developed areas as long as they are not persecuted by humans. Like many other forest-dwelling species, this cat is mainly threatened by loss of habitat. They are also mistakenly persecuted by some people who misidentify them as leopard cubs. Aww. They are also hunted for their skins and are killed occasionally by domestic dogs. That makes sense. Anyway, they're the rusty spotted cat. They are so cute and they are the smallest kitty in the world. Adorable. So the house cat that you have at home is most likely larger than that. Yeah. I know people with some small-ass cats, though. So look at the little face. Look at this little face they've got. Oh, they're so cute. Anyway, all right. So that is going to bring us to our animal of the week. And our animal of the week this week is... The palace cat. <laughs> the palace cat. All right. We finally got it on here. Yay. We're a very kitty episode. All right. Tell us about them, Casey. So the palace cat is in the order carnivora. And like all cats are in the family, Philidae. <laughs> and their scientific name is Otocolobus manul. Manu? Manul. Manul. Yep. That sounds like, I mean, it is a different language, but I mean, like, it sounds like, you know what I mean? That sounds like an actual sentence to me. Oh, anyway. They are native to parts of the Middle East and Central Asia in countries like Turkmenistan, Iran, Bhutan, Pakistan, Mongolia, and Russia. They tend to live in shrublands, grasslands, and more rocky areas. Uh, they can they are typically going to live eight to nine years with some living up to 12 years in captivity 
They're about 46 to 65 centimeters long with a 20 to 31 centimeter long tail. All right, sorry. How long were they? 46 to 65 centimeters. 60, oh, 60. That's a big range. Mm -hmm. Okay, 65 is about 26 inches. Well, they're a little bit bigger than I thought. All right. Um, and these guys uh, can weigh two and a half to four and a half kilograms. So, as we mentioned already twice, all cats are obligate carnivores, and the palace cat <laughs> is no exception. They mainly hunt rodents like gerbils, hamsters, pikas, and marmots, um, but will occasionally go after small lizards and birds as well, but up to 50% of their diet consists of pika, which Aww. are actually not a rodent. <laughs> Poor little pikas, which we've also talked about. Yes, we have. They're so cute. Anyway. This species is built like a small, stocky, domestic house cat, and they are well adapted to the cold environments. They have a thick, long fur coat, very similar to that of a Persian. They also have a face similar to the domestic house cat uh, breed, um, so much that some thought that the palace cat was the wild ancestor of the Persian when they discovered it. I was going to say, that's not of most domestic cats. Okay, the smushy-faced one. Yes, the Persian. This mushy face. <laughs> uh, their fur coat varies from tan to a gray color and can change depending on the season to help them blend in more with their environment. And they may also have white tips on their fur, which gives them a more frosted appearance. They have frosted tips? Yep. They're a 90s cat. <laughs> I never knew they had frosted tips. I can't. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. Along with their camouflage, the house cat avoids spending time in open regions to help avoid detection by predators. Because of their small size, they are vulnerable to predation, especially by birds of prey, so they are heavily reliant upon burrows made by other animals to hide during the day, then come out at night to hunt. This species looks much heavier than it actually is due to their thick coat and stocky build, um, which help them stay insulated against the cold. They also have a very furry tail and will will use it to wrap around themselves to stay warm like a muff. And I've seen them like they step on it too and mm -hmm. get little tootsies warm. Yep. Oh my gosh, I can't. <laughs> like many other animals, they have a third eyelid called the nictitating membrane, which helps to protect their eyes against cold winds as well as dust storms. Unlike many small cats, the palace cat has round pupils and another characteristic that sets them apart from other small cats is their territories as they have very large ranges for such a small cat and a single cat's territory can cover three and a half to seven square miles that's a lot for a kitty that size yep it is thought that the relatively broad and flat head with lower set ears helps them stay camouflaged while hunting since there is not a whole lot of cover by plants to hide them in their environment Another thing that sets them apart from other cats is their vocals uh, because they don't make a typical cat sound and when they are stressed or excited, um, th instead they will make more of a yelp similar to that of a small dog. Aww, I don't think I've heard that. <laughs> the palace cat is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list and their population is decreasing. The main threat to this species is actually poisoning because Aww. they hunt rodents and farmers will put out Aww. poisons which get eaten by the rodents and eventually die from eating infected rodents. Oh no. Part of the reason the cat is vulnerable to threats is due to its specialization because they are heavily reliant upon pika and live in a very niche environment oh, no. and it's difficult to protect them in reserves due to their unusually large ranges for a small cat species. Oh dear. Mm -hmm. And pika have problems too, so that's a problem. Yep. Anyway, their face is not as smushed as a Persian. No, but, but it, is, it is flat. It is flatter than most kitties, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, they also, look like a constant grumpy cat. They do. They are the original grumpy cat. Mm -hmm. And also, I think I don't think I knew about them until that video, which I did share as a, in case you missed it, video one time, which is amazing, of like a trail cam thing they have out, and the cat just discovers it. And it is very much me if somebody knocks on the door at home. Mm. <laughs> when you, like, sneak in and then they, like, pop up. Anyway, uh, go back and look at that video. Maybe I'll have to link it again. But anyway, it is an adorable video where it checks out the trail cam and it is most introverted people. Anyway, they are adorable. What an adorable episode. Although we have a freaking saber-toothed clouded leopard in that mix. But still, still But they're still adorable and beautiful. Anyway, what is that? A tapetum? Something to pet them mm -hmm. is the eye thing. 
At for least I said it right. For the eye shine, yes. Yes. What's the first part of that word? Or the first? That is the first part. Tapetum. What is the second part? I lucidum. There, there we go. Tapetum lucidum. There we go. Anyway, I'm gonna learn stuff. I know that monotremes are egg-laying mammals, so yep. there you go. I've learned things. And ariodactyls, which sounds like a dinosaur, <laughs> are even toad ungulates. Yep. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so that is our very kitty episode. I love it so much. Anyway, that brings us to our challenge, and it was Casey's turn. So yes, it's probably and you be made terrible. a good transition because you were talking taxonomy. I was. Yes. Oh, ariodactyl. I'm like tapetum is not taxonomy. Ariodactyl. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. So, That's I'm trying hard. to think of. I'm probably only five. five minutes for us because we will fail. We're gonna fail. I mean, it probably will never be as bad as that yes. Asia thing we did. That was so. Well, it's bad. still gonna s- stick with Asia. But the ending, the alphabet jump was bad. Yeah, okay. we're not doing I'm, that. I'm no. horrified. Okay, now we have tax. I don't say taxation. Taxonomy in Asia. Yes. Oh, so God. I've made it easy for us. Okay. I'm going to restrict it to those in the order carnivora. Okay. Okay. And I originally was going to be ones that we've talked about, but then I looked back and there's not enough. <laughs> okay. So we're just naming any Asian animal in the order carnivora. Yes. Okay. That's better. I thought we were going to have to like jump around and like, you're going to, okay, that's better. All right. Yep. So we're doing this together? Yes. All right. Let's see. Eight. I go first. Okay. Okay. All right. Five minutes and a good thing I checked my timer. Because yep. otherwise it would have been 45 minutes. Uh- <laughs> We'd be like, what time are we at? <laughs> like, oh, we have 30 minutes left. That's not happening. <laughs> anyway, try again. All, All right. right, here we go. And we're going? We're going. Okay. Palace cat. <laughs> Cloud and <laughs> <of> leopard. Rossi's not a cat. Okay. A binturong. A uh, dole. Yes, it is. right? Yes, they are okay, carnivore. Cool. We're already better than our one that we failed on. <laughs> um, Snow leopard. Oh, yeah. I was about to be like, Markor. Nope. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I was like, oh, that time. Um, uh, this is where I panic. I'm like, who have we talked about? They're carnivore, right? The um, the sloth bear? Yes, they are. Yeah. There we go. Bengal tiger. Oh, damn. Not even thinking that. <laughs> Can we just say Sumatra tiger? <laughs> I guess we probably can't do all those no. species. Right? We can't do that. Okay. That's the tiger. Tiger's out now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, cheetah is in India. Yes. <laughs> um Asian palm civet. Okay, okay. Civets are out now. Um the Asiatic lion, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're so mad yeah. about it. Yeah. I... Oh, sun bear. I just said oh I said sloth bear. Yeah. JK. Um uh where's the binturong? Mm-hmm. Um who else have we talked about? Here we go again. Probably not <laughs> more than that. No, because we had the. I don't think they're in. I don't think Tarsier is in Carnivora, right? Yep. Um. Doot, 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 doot. There's so many cats, though. I looked at them when I was looking at cats. You would think I would think of any of them. It's like a ah. a something golden cat, Asian golden cat. That's it. Yay. <laughs> um. You're like mad about. Oh that. wait, uh, Asiatic black bear. Okay. Okay. Um. That's my carnivora. That's my carnivora for you. Um, oh, a fucking polar bear in Russia. Yeah, yeah, that is. Oh yeah, grizzly bear. Okay. Uh, I think gray wolves are there in Russia too. They gotta be carnivora, right? Yes. Yeah, they are. Let me think. Why am I drawing a blank? Oh, um. We had another Asian dog species, and now I don't remember what it was. I don't think we I did. Thought, I thought we did. Am I crazy? Oh, yeah. Eurasian lynx. Oh, dang. Okay. What were those other cats I was looking at? A marbled cat. <laughs> Oh, leopard. Oh, just a standard. Oh, Sri Lankan leopard. You could use that. Yeah, Sri Lankan leopard. Oh, fishing or cat. <laughs> fishing cat. <laughs> that was one of our picks. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm pretty sure those are carnivora. Mm. I can't believe we haven't said them yet. I'm going to be mad when I hear it now. Probably. 
You don't like them anyway. I don't like them? No. You think they get all the attention. Oh, pandas. Yes. Giant panda. Yeah. I'm going to guess a red panda is also Yeah, a red panda <laughs> is. Hmm. Why am I struggling with this one? I don't know. Have I said brown bear? Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you said Asian and black bear and grizzly bear. Oh, yeah. I did. <clears throat> and we've done all the bears <laughs> at this point. I don't think there are any bears left. I feel like there aren't actually that many carnivores necessarily. Maybe not. Thing is, there's tons of civets over in Asia. I yeah, but we already know. said civets. Civets <laughs> out now. You used yeah. It. Oh, linseng. Whatever the heck that is. They're related to civets. Jeez, oh, like I'm gonna know that. Mm. Okay, let's think of some of those. I'm like trying to go through the list of cats. Um. What else was I looking at before I made my choices? Oh, man. I can't think of any. I don't want to die on this. Um, oh, God. Um, we've done the bears. I don't think there are any bears left. I don't think there are any dogs left that I can think of. There's other wolves, right? Oh, isn't an arctic wolf technically? In no, it's a it's one species, gray wolf. It was way better though. Yes. God, I have no idea how many we got right. I'd have to 24. go back. Twenty-four. You counted it? Yeah. Good job. Um, I thought that was gonna be so bad. Um, and we were pretty good. Yeah. I was proud of us. All I'm right. I'm really mad though. I'm gonna think of stuff now. Really? I think there is another dog thing out there, and I can't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And then. I, I we got the bears. I don't think there are any bears left. Mm. But there had to be things like binturongs that we missed, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, um, that is gonna bring us to the end of this week's. Uh, oh, I also didn't say that this was our listeners' choice <laughs> episode. So mm. thankfully, that cat got chosen because I really wanted it to. Anyway, so that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.